Hello and welcome to the Ask Dr. Ben podcast. I'm your host, Ben Johnson. As a holistic-minded physician, I've spent the last 20 years looking outside the box and conducting research to find the true causes of skin conditions and other diseases. And while the focus of my work has been on aesthetic medicine and unlocking the secrets to reversing skin damage, this podcast will also include many other exciting revelations pertaining to you and your family's health and well-being. So let's get started. Okay, we're back again for Pandemic Update, The Slippery Slope Part 2, talking about just a quick summary of the first half hour was we were talking about the big picture. We were talking about the evidence of why viruses are man-made and this idea of viral evolution is a joke. We're going to talk a little bit more about that and then we're going to get into some of the big picture purposes of this. And the slippery slope is really the big message here, which is we have got to pay attention to what is happening to humanity right now because we are on a, a nice edge with a dramatic shift in our cultural norm to a place that none of us want to be. And there is purpose for it, but we're going to get to that in a minute. So I won't go into too much detail. I was getting a little passionate last week when I was talking about this code and and how viruses couldn't accidentally stumble into complex genes that specifically interfere with unique pathways of the immune system that are designed to destroy a virus and shut it down. And somehow these viruses get lucky and accidentally develop a code. Not happening just simply not happening. So that's phase one. Uh, Once you understand the virus is man-made, then you have to think, okay, well, somebody made it. And when you see a global release like we've seen, you have to realize that this goes to the highest levels of control and power in our country. And you say, oh, no one's that powerful. Like, you know, I don't know, Bill Gates and Warren Buffett, like those are the rich people. I don't really think they're nefarious. Well, You know, I've looked at, I believe it's the First Bright Foundation's patent on the coronavirus, which is owned by Bill Gates. It gives me pause. It was filed a few years ago in Europe. You can look that up and see for yourself. Huh. The guy pushing vaccines hard and heavy has a patent on the viral code so that the people that manufacture vaccines have to pay him you know, for the code, because they can't use the coronavirus code to make a vaccine unless they access his information. He has a patent on the virus itself, which should all give us pause anyway. So it goes higher than that. You know, the people that we see as the wealthy people on the planet are not the most wealthy people on the planet. The people that started the banking systems, the people that started loaning money to different countries and creating a level of control and corruption, those are the people that are leading this strategy. So we'll get to maybe the purpose of that in a moment. First, I wanted to jump in a little bit to what I've noticed is some really important news on how you can defend yourself from this virus. And I'm going to start applying it to the literature I I tend not to believe the numbers that are out there. I think, you know, there's a lot of false positive in testing. I don't believe testing has a significant role to play here. And I know there's also false negatives in testing. I know that, you know, I have friends who went in to get tested, put their name down, but left because it was like a five hour wait to get tested and they got called by the testing facility telling them that they tested positive. 
Now, how interesting is that? They never got tested, and they got calls telling them they tested as positive. So there's manipulation of the data. There's an incitement of fear that's going on. That's all purposeful. I'm going to explain to you my perspective on that. I think it's quite reasonable and logical. I'm not a guy that chases down any political agenda whatsoever. In fact, I reject political agendas as a whole. I I consider myself outside of the box of Democrat or Republican. I think all presidents are corrupt. I think our Congress in the United States and probably all governments around the world are corrupt. They're corrupt from the bottom up, the top down. And until we pull money out of our governmental systems altogether, no access from any corporation at any time, no money, no gifts, no money in elections. Until we get to that point, you just can't trust what's being thrown at us. And each new candidate is a false choice. And I think that is what we need to be marching for in the near future is a a complete removal of the government systems as they are today. All right. Because listen, if you're not paying attention, like we all seem to know, well, what do you need to do here? We have ourselves a situation. Well, I'll talk about America for a second. We have ourselves a situation where the The obvious choices are there. People are out of work in dramatic ways. It's estimated as many as 50 million people are out of work. I can tell you that, you know, my only two sons uh, had filed for unemployment in America. There was supposedly some error in their application. They have been blocked from fixing the error. They've been told someone will contact them. That was four months ago. They're not allowed to make any changes to it. They have not received any benefits under unemployment. They're not considered unemployed because they're not even a valid application, according to the government. No one, uh, they can get and wait an hour or two on the phone and talk to someone, but that person doesn't give them any direction or assistance. And so that's just two people I know. So what I'm telling you is unemployment is massive. You don't have to guess at it. And as a, that's part of the goal here. So I'll get into that in a minute. I want to just cover some of the health advantages that you need to know about. So I was looking into viral research deeper and I was trying to figure out exactly what it was. A lot of the viral research is designed around analyzing the methods of invasion of the immune system. And I realized something important. Because we have such an incredible system, right, that's coordinating 100 trillion cells every second with massive precision, with complete conscious sharing of the systemic health of the body, you know, all the metrics are available to all the cells, everybody's doing their part. We know this to be true, but I'm describing it to you slightly different because I want you to understand the body is its own intelligence. So, I mean, why do you think your heart keeps beating? Why do you think you, you keep drawing a breath when you're not consciously thinking about it? Why do you think all these cells keep doing all this work for you and they don't like slow down and, well, I mean, you know, through environmental changes, we can get them to slow down and shut down. But my point is simply to say vastly complicated, right? And, and I mentioned last episode, I thought there's about 10,000 antiviral cytokines, chemokines, and proteins that the body uses to fight viruses, which is unbelievable, especially when you consider that viruses are relatively new to us. You know, based on my interpretation, the the Spanish flu was the first viral release on the planet. 50 million people died. And, you know, shortly thereafter, we began having flu vaccines and the whole host of new diseases start showing up, cancer rates rising, autoimmune rates rising. So let's let's dive into that a little bit more. So here's what I noticed. I noticed that our cells are run by our DNA. 
And then we have 65 trillion of the 100 trillion cells are bugs that have their own DNA. And when you give medicine or poison of a certain level of toxicity to damage our DNA, which was what you would need to do in order to shut down our antiviral capacity, right? If I'm trying to get a virus into the community, and again, I put out, you know, all these viral labs are all making really nasty versions of different viruses for God knows what reason, our cancer institutes are hardly doing any viral research on the many causes of viral cancer that are likely to be out there. And it's fascinating in the viral research, they talk about this connection with autoimmune disease, but I don't hear autoimmune disease research trying to come up with antivirals or address viral infections at all. And so, yeah, it's a it's a funny sort of, yeah, we think they're linked to all these diseases, but if you chase that disease down and read about what the common belief systems are for the disease, most of the focus is on our body as if our body is misbehaving. In autoimmune disease, it's always about how how is our body misbehaving. And, oh, good news, we found a new way to interfere with your body's misbehaviors. Um, but here's my point. My point is to say our DNA tapped into the AI of consciousness is too good. It's too smart. It figures stuff out. And viruses die out when that happens. So human DNA can only be the target in people that are on chemotherapy or they're on medication. So what is the goal? The goal is to poison our microbiome. Because that DNA is also the subject of code. In fact, I've read research by MIT talking about splicing and mutating viruses literally it was a patent <laughs> to on a method on how to splice and mutate viruses so that they could evade detection by the human body but what they included in there was that there were mechanisms on how to get into our bacteria that is the secret access point. And this explains so much when you see this in a bigger picture. If you can imagine the most important protection mechanism you have against viruses is already in really good shape, and that is your DNA. So your DNA, unless you have been through massive amounts of chemotherapy, unless you're currently on chemotherapy, uh, well, I'll get into the medicines here in a minute, that your, your DNA is amazing. But your microbiome, as we know, is in a big mess. Now, why is your microbiome a big mess? Well, it's a big mess because of the massive number of pesticides that are used in society today. America, I don't remember now, is it like five times more than the average country around the world per capita? Like America poisons. Uh, so, you know, a lot of Europeans and a lot of foreigners, when they look at America, they think of us as fat and unhealthy and just sort of maybe a gluttonous. And, and yes, I think gluttony, gluttony is something that is part of the story. But I want you to understand something. Really what we are is poisoned. And so America is just trying to keep their health going at a time when we're being poisoned more than any other country on the planet. 
So it's pesticides killing our microbiome or distorting it, right? Food preservatives killing our microbiome and or distorting it. Remember, we moved from a regional farming community-based eating strategy to a centralized ship across the country, something that lasts for two to ten years, preserved system. And we've done this pretty rapidly over the last 50 years. And so food preservatives, big in there. And then what they poison us in our water. So bleach is one of the worst things you could ever do for your microbiome. And in America, bleach is in every water system uh, that they can get their hands on. You've heard me talk about my, my ex-wife's well and how they, the Colorado gov laws mandates if you dig a new well, they have to put a bunch of bleach in it. It's outrageous, guys. Uh, so there's an attack on our microbiome. Now, why would that be the case? Why would there be an advantage to that? Well, it comes with its own health issues, right? Like bloating, diarrhea, constipation, H. pylori, uh, SIBO, ulcerative colitis, Crohn's. Like there's all kinds of digestive noticeable effects there. There's a lot more insidious effects that I'm sure are occurring in the human body from microbiome changes that maybe are less obvious, but people are sort of taking those, those changes to their digestive system in stride. And what they're not realizing is how much of an influence that has on the immune system. And the biggest part of it in my mind, because think about it, when we talk about immunity, we talk about repairing damage and we talk about immunity essentially from viruses. There are very few bugs that cause problems. Yeah, there's bugs like E. coli. Well, where does that cause problems? In our gut. Huh. Well, there you go. So it does also impact that. Or staph. Uh, you know, I tend to think staph. Well, again, if you don't have a healthy microbiome, all the bacterial infections that we worry about from immunity are also going to be a challenge. So it makes sense there too. But I'm telling you that viruses find their way in through a microbiome dysfunction because our DNA is too damn smart. We've got too many mechanisms to beat the virus down. Do you want to know why kids under eight barely even have symptoms from this? Because their microbiome is in good shape, right? We, our microbiome is in the best shape of our lives at age two. And it's downhill from there. And so, you know, we see as the age increases, we're seeing a decline. Well, so microbiome is the number one point. And again, I emphasize, I think I have developed one of the most amazing microbiome recovery mechanisms, which is called recovery. It is a prebiotic. I mean, the feedback I'm getting from people is amazing. The results, the success of it is, is really just unbelievably exciting. I don't believe in probiotics for reasons I've explained in other podcasts, but essentially our DNA determines our bugs. So you want to give it a prebiotic that doesn't have any, doesn't push it in any one direction or another, lets the DNA fill back in all of its appropriate bug populations and not give it some choice, some choice of bugs that someone else has decided your system has. Each body, each body is a little bit different. So that's microbiome. And then we get to um, oxygenation. And this is another big one. Oxygenation is the second most important pathway. You're going to see it with natural killer cells. Okay, these are really, really important antiviral cells in our body called NK cells or natural killer cells. And you're going to see it in our macrophages, which are another really important anti-infectious, antiviral approach. And this is where 
you'll see community. So I wanted to just point out that the microbiome story, if you apply it to countries that are struggling the most, you might find that the places where the microbiome is the most depleted are going to be higher in the death rate. And, you know, it's a close second to oxygenation. So places where exercise and oxygenation are lower, and you might argue that Italy is a good example of a place where exercise is not a cultural norm. And, you know, they have their afternoon naps and they have all those things. Now, they're, they're not as obese as Americans because they're not as poisoned. Remember, a ton of obesity is toxic accumulation within your fat cells. And so obesity is not so much about how you eat. So I, I can't speak to the microbiome health of, say, Italy. Uh, but I think when you start looking around at different countries, you're going to realize that microbiome health matters. And when you see cases, you're like, wait, this kid seems relatively healthy. You're going to realize that, oh, in fact, they had six different rounds of antibiotics for ear infections when they were five and six. And so they are struggling with this virus because it made its way into their microbiome bacterial DNA. Remember, it inserts itself into DNA. It can insert into bacterial DNA or it can insert itself into human DNA. Both mechanisms are possible. Okay, and then the final cog in the wheel is the immune system itself. And, you know, the main impact on the immune system are the amount of toxins that we have to face on a daily basis. So that's going to determine it. So that's, again, another reason why America is a bit behind the eight ball and that. I think we face more toxins than, in, than most countries. I think there's some third world countries that are getting terrible water options and terrible exposure to uh, toxins. But I don't know if anywhere's like the U.S. It's really, really sad. So microbiome health, number one, oxygenation, number two, and immune system, number three. And I, I should mention on oxygenation, so the secret here is exercise. And this is where you're going to find pockets within our different states where, and like Colorado, I think is particularly low death rate because we have a very high population of exercising health-minded people. Also, I think their microbiome is going to tend to be more in shape here because of that. I know that our bleach levels in public water in Colorado, for example, is less than, say, Florida or Texas. But all these factors intermingle, so you're not going to get some perfect picture because I'm going to give you another example of how you work around this, which is the sun. Um, so one of the best molecules in fighting viruses is this probably, well, the name of it is interferon. It's an immune, it's probably a cytokine by definition. And so interferon, what's interesting about it is the sun, you getting more sun exposure increases your interferon levels. And this is going to help battle viruses. So while, you know, one of the things you might notice in Florida and more sunny places, by the way, Colorado has sun more than 300 days a year, is we're also going to be better at fighting viruses because our interferon levels are higher. So what happens, what are the main things affecting the immune system? I, this is, you know, based on my own assessment. No, no one's doing research on this kind of thing, so you just kind of have to figure it out. So the number one uh, medication causing us to be less capable of keeping viruses away is our immunomodulators, including chemotherapy. And there's a massive amount of people who've been through chemotherapy. It damages our DNA, and as a result of damaging 
changing our DNA. You know, I'll throw, uh, you know, Accutane is its own little separate. And since I'm in the beauty business as well, you know, I, I talk a lot about Accutane, but it's, it's up there as a DNA damager and kind of close in line to what chemotherapy would be. Immunomodulators, believe it or not, hydroxychloroquine is one example. It is not a good as a prophylaxis for this. It might have some early benefit, like if you catch the virus in the right phase and you take the right amount of hydroxychloroquine, you can alkalinize your body and that will slow down the replication rate of the virus. I'm not sure the specific mechanism of that. Being more acidic does make you more likely to allow viral spread. So there's some alkalinity aspect to hydroxychloroquine, but it's a straight poison. It's a straight poison. It, it suppresses your immune system. It is not something you want to be on prophylactically. It is not something you really want to even consider for this virus or any other virus. And a ton of people are on different versions of it. Plaquenil is a very commonly prescribed uh, version of it that is used in a lot of autoimmune conditions. There's a whole host of autoimmune drugs. All of those drugs are immunosuppressors. So they're all in the number one category of things that are interfering with your immune system, making you less capable of fighting viruses. Second on the list are steroids. So all the people who have allergies, who have a steroid inhaler or people with skin conditions rubbing steroids on their skin or any other application you might be taking a steroid for, sometimes it is autoimmune disease. All of that is suppressing your immune system, is not benefiting it. I had one friend who was on Keytruda. And he's like, well, I think I survived this virus because, and he had a nasty round of like two months of fighting the virus uh, while he's on Keytruda or he just finished Keytruda. He's like, well, thank God I had that in my system because it strengthens the immune system. I'm like, no, no, no. Don't misinterpret these long-term chemo drugs as being good for the immune system. They're chemo. They're chemo. They are killing your cells. They are damaging your DNA. Don't misunderstand it. So steroids also in that category. And then finally, and really there's only three categories for me and that are specific to reducing your viral capacity. And the third one is non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. So yes, they, the Motrins and the um, Naprosins and the Tylenols, those kinds of medications are the ones that are also interfering with your viral ability. And I'm going to throw in one last one because I keep seeing it from some of my patients who reach out to me or new patients, I should say, who are asking me about what should I do? I'm on this, this, and this is don't be megadosing antioxidants like vitamin C or resveratrol right now is not the time to be megadosing antioxidants because the natural killer cells in the macrophages are using oxygen free radicals to shut down this virus and you're not going to get that shutdown if the cells are full of antioxidants squelching that. So I see different doctors saying, oh, well, make sure to take your vitamin C every day. And that is, by my estimation, not a good strategy. Okay, let's get to the goals here. So, you know, again, because this is a global pandemic, I think there's a global effort amongst uh, the very wealthiest of families. And I'm talking, you know, when you are running the banking system in the 1500s, you got several centuries of wealth accumulation, massive, massive, massive wealth accumulation. Like, I, I don't think we can fathom the depth 
of the familial network and think about all the offspring and the married into families and the shared families and the new names. So you might be out there going, well, I only see there's like 20 Rothschilds around the world. It's no longer called Rothschild. Like it's, it's all of the family name break aparts that go into that. And I, you know, I don't want to dive too deep into that. I, my main point is simply is to say that these are the families that have access to all the information. They have access through their relations and connections with the highest levels of our of our greatest companies to all the data you need to know. And you might be like, oh yeah, I did hear about the CIA has access to all the data and has massive computers correlating all the data and collecting it on each of us. And yes, that is true. Like Edward Snowden laid that out for you. So if you haven't been paying attention, they've got all the data they need on you. They know how often you turn on that porn channel. They know, you know, what you're buying. They, they know your buying habits. They know where you go to. They, they GPS your phone. So just accept that. Like, I don't get paranoid about it. I'm like, yeah, they're watching me. I hope you enjoy the show. You know, I live a good life. I got nothing to be ashamed of. And, you know, and I'm not saying that, you know, everyone should experience what they want to experience. Just know that that is happening. So when you have that level of control, you just have to know that you control the institutions, right? If you're, you're controlling the highest levels of government through blackmail and manipulation through paying for campaigns or paying for someone to go up against them in a campaign, all of the money it takes to gerrymander a state, all of the manipulation that's going on is coming from the highest levels. Obviously, look at the stock market. The manipulation of the stock market is done by the Fed. The Fed is not a government body. You know, the stock market is complete manipulation. Everything around you is manipulated. I'm sitting there in the mornings looking at my Netflix news feed, not very often anymore, to be honest. And I'm just like, this is all marketing. Every story here is a story meant to have an effect on me, the reader. And yes, when you open up your Google and you have a tendency to look up certain things, you're going to be shown certain things in your search engine results. They're, they're manipulating search engine results. They're not letting social media experts say the name COVID-19 on a YouTube channel or they defund you. Like, it is scary, the level of control. And this is where I get to the slippery slope idea, which is, let me just tell you what I think these goals are and then uh, to just pay, have you point out to you the slippery slope before we end uh, today. So the goal is to reduce community. They don't want us gathering because gathering creates a level of power, right? The more united we are as a country, as a world, the more power we have. So first of all, they're isolating our countries and they're isolating us. They're not going to let us go to concerts anymore. They're not going to let us go to any massive gatherings anymore. They're going to initiate well, let me finish some of these things and then I'll go into what I think they're going to do from it. They want to weaken activism. They want to dehumanize us. So they want us to, they want to take away the empathy we might have for one another. And they do this by mandating masks everywhere. And I'm not saying there's not a purpose for masks right now to do a controlled inoculation of the planet. Because once we all become immune, this goes away. But that's not the story they're going to tell you. They're going to tell you, oh, the virus keeps mutating. And so we have to stay on top of it. You're going to have to keep wearing masks. You're going to have to get a health card and I'll get to it. So they want to weaken activism. So, you know, whatever that's going to look, I, I don't want to get too political on that. I know I, I could say some things that probably excite some of you. Just understand that even the most righteous 
activism campaign is corrupted. You know, you can just look in the beginning days, in the early days, when people were really upset about what was happening with the deaths with, you know, there's definitely racism in high amounts in, in the United States for sure. And of course in Europe and elsewhere. And so, you know, they had a police officer who was one of the first people looting in Chicago and quote unquote off duty police officer was identified by his ex-wife because she saw him in the images. And it's like, when you realize that they are controlling and manipulating. They're only showing the most angry people on the streets for a reason. Like you have to start seeing the news as a marketing media. And, you know, 30% of what the liberal media is saying is true. 70% is false. 30% of what the conservative media is saying is true. 70% is false. And so you latch on to that truth and you're like, it must all be true. We're all in this. And you get this group think going on and it's completely sp- destroying our country and and that's one of the goals of this virus is to separate us to divide us to weaken us to disempower us to deflate us so that we lose our will we lose our fighting power because we're so miserable we have nowhere to turn all of us you know in america we have a particularly strong entrepreneurial spirit i know that's true in many western countries around there and that that entrepreneurial spirit is being destroyed destroyed. It is so hard to be an entrepreneur. It takes so much bravery and effort, in some cases luck, to survive in the society that is meant to keep entrepreneurs down. The tax code, the way it's set up, I can tell you right now, made it very hard for me to grow my business and try to stay within the rules of the tax system provides. Now, once you're up in the big echelons, you're hardly paying tax at all. How does that work? Well, it works because that's how the system was built. That's why there's such a divide between the wealth gap is is dividing and it's getting worse and it's about to be crushed. They're taking our assets. So they're they're when you destroy a bunch of small businesses, someone's got to replace the demand because people will still have demand for food, for goods. And so who's going to replace the demand? The biggest businesses, the ones owned by the people who are part of this network that I'm telling you about. So there was this goal to do that. Let's see. Uh, they, there was a goal to take lives. You know, I know not everybody's done the work to see uh, about that agenda, but there's absolutely an agenda to reduce the human population because the very, very wealthiest among us think there's a limit to the appropriate number of people that need to be on the planet. And when I get into this idea of capitalism, you're going to realize we're heading into a, a real crisis here when you chase the slippery slope down, which I'm about to do. Okay, let's see if there's anything else. They want to get into more forced vaccinations. You're seeing forced vaccinations across the planet. When you realize what I explained to you earlier about this idea that the flu virus actually, it doesn't shift. There are antigenic drifts, but a shift is when there's a whole new piece of code that causes a whole new level of evasion of the immune system. That's a hundred to a thousand to, to five thousand base pairs long. Remember my description of that? That's not happening in the flu virus world. And so you look at the research like, what is the evidence that the vaccine is working for flu viruses? And you're like, huh, that's that's a weird way to study it. They analyzed the number of hospitalizations in age six to seventeen year olds to determine whether or not the flu vaccine was effective. And I'm like, what a bizarre set up for a study 
Like, why don't we, why don't we give a thousand, 10,000 people the flu shot and count how many of them develop the flu per age group, per immunocompromised system and, and figure it out from there. Now, the truth is that there's immunity when your system's strong and there's a lack of immunity when you are failing in one of those categories I mentioned earlier. And you could get re-exposure, and I estimate like 5% of the planet is capable of getting re-exposed to this particular uh, coronavirus. Now, that they might come out with a new one. They made this one. They're like, they're going to work with the body. They've done all this research lately. Oh, what is the immune system doing to this coronavirus? Oh, look. Oh, they've got this new chemokine that is coming in and, and, and shutting down the virus. Let's insert a new genetic code for that. I have to say one thing on that. The concept of this whole bats, oh, coronavirus is in bats. Well, do you know that it's asymptomatic in bats? The bats have immunity to the coronavirus. So how long do you think the infection is running through the bat population that bats have this virus continuing to produce code when the code is being fought by their immune system? Probably a week. Probably a week is how long a bat is going to have this virus in it. So it's not going to share it with all the bats. Or if it does, immunity is going to happen rapidly. It's not going to have time to develop thousand base pair code mutations because the immune system works to defend it. Think about that. They're saying most of the coronavirus is coming from bats. And there's these different versions. Sometimes it's chickens. There's one other creature I can't remember because I'm not familiar with the creature, but they're saying, oh, it's in there, but, but they have immunity to it and it doesn't have the ability to get into human cells, but somehow within this bat, now you've got to, got to just listen closely to this because it baffles the mind. This is what the current research suggests. Somehow in this bat, there is this very complicated coronavirus that somehow keeps mutating within the bat, even though the bat kills it off within two weeks. So it doesn't have time to mutate. And by the way, the bat's the one doing the mutating, okay? So the bat DNA is the one doing the mutating. The virus is not, has no thought or strategy. It is simply running its code through the DNA machinery, right? So you got a very limited time frame because the bat's immune system's working on it. And during that time frame, it's going to accidentally, one after the other, create a thousand base pair code that allows it to enter into humans when there is no advantage to a code that allows it to enter into humans that would make it last longer in a bat or survive better in the bat population because it's a human code. Think about that. It's so awakening. It is so like, it's, it's what gives me the passion to tell you this is such a crock of shite that we are being forced to, that's being forced upon us. And then in the scientific community talking about vaccinations, like vaccinations for what? Like, well, let's get to that later. Okay. So they do want to take lives. And what they keep finding is the immune system's pretty damn resilient. And it's hard to develop a virus that is virulent enough to get into the body because the more virulent it is, the easier it is for the body to figure out what mutations it needs to do to shut it down. So that those two go together. And they talk about that in this viral research. They use words like accuracy. Like, why are you describing an RNA piece of code with the word accuracy and fidelity like that's disturbing to the core to me accuracy and fidelity what how how could a virus be accurate unless 
someone designed it and it's following its fidelity. It's following its faithful mission to the design. That's the kind of language I saw in there. I'm like, that seems inappropriate. I don't know if anyone else is catching that. Anyway, let's see. They want to take our assets, right? So they, they shut down all our small businesses and they take over with large business. They're taking over your sales. They're taking over the, all the entrepreneurial money that you were making. And by the way, they're in charge then of what you eat. It's kind of like when I go to Whole Foods and I see that uh, a third of Whole Foods choices now are the 365 brand made by Whole Foods. They just looked at all the entrepreneurs selling their products through their chain and they're like, oh, look, they're popular. Let's let's just either buy them or let's take it over. And the problem you have with that, guys, is the lack of choice creates a lack of understanding of what is going into that food. And I get more and more concerned about what does the food look like in the slippery slope model, how far do we get in this slippery slope model to where then all of a sudden food is coming from three major conglomerates, Nestle, Amazon, pick another, right? Coca-Cola, <laughs> right? What? Like if I see a brand by a Coca-Cola, I'm running the other freaking way. Right. If I see something by Nestle, I run the other freaking way. You know, Monsanto, all these guys are in the network sharing their GMO foods, which are specifically going to destroy your microbiome and make you more susceptible to viruses. Right. Forcing more GMO foods on us, fighting the government to try to say, get so their GMO foods don't have to be listed on the label. Forcing farmers out of business through a manipulation of farmers insurance and other mechanisms so that farmers either have to take on GMO or they have to grow whatever stupid crop they want them to grow. God knows why uh, the amount of GMO corn is being happening, the amount of GMO soy that's happening. It's very hard to find a non-GMO soy today. Soy being one of the biggest foods, you know, sources for protein out there. So we got problems, people. We got problems that we need to deal with. So let's get to the divine goal. I think this is more important. So I come from a spiritual perspective where I believe that everything is purposeful I come from the perspective that I don't care how far you go up the chain in very, very powerful people with very dark intentions. Let's just say intentions to divide and conquer the masses so that they become workers. So the slippery slope I see with this in all of this, I guess I should say this before I go to the divine goals, the slippery slope I see is that they, and I, I think they're kind of, they're not quite telling America how bad it's going to be. They're like, oh, we're coming up with solutions. Oh, this is all going to be fine soon, quote unquote soon. But then they just sneak in the little bits of information. Oh, I'm not sure this virus is ever going away. Oh, really? I'm not sure this virus is ever going away. There's strong rumors they're going to combine the COVID-19 vaccine, which has not been nearly tested enough not even close to being tested enough to be considered safe. Number one, we can talk about on another, I don't have time today probably to go through all the vaccine conversation and why it's sort of nonsensical. But here's the problem, guys. Your immunity, the immune cells your body makes, the immunoglobulins that we could track, that we call the antibodies that we measure to decide whether or not you're infected, they've got a 90-day lifespan from the last detection of that virus. In other words, your body's so damn smart that it makes extra help 
in cases of infection that are temporary because it doesn't need a bunch of antibodies floating around in your system for decades to a virus they're not going to see again. So when a new bug comes in, the immune system's like, okay, use this mechanism, use that mechanism. Oh, and it starts analyzing how the virus is behaving because all these viruses are new to the body. So it's analyzing and it's like, okay, shut it down this way. Let's shut it down that way. And it has all these different pathways, 10,000 estimated 10,000 different ways that it's using to fight viruses. And uh, one of those ways is by programming immunoglobulins to recognize certain proteins on your cells and to go after cells that are infected to shut that cell down before it releases a new round of proteins going to the next cell. Like it's constantly trying to catch up to the system. And the reason why kids go through it so quickly is because, yes, their immune system's strong. Their microbiome's not letting this stuff go down very easily. Now, their DNA is impeccable. And boom, they just psh, take it out barely even makes a dent in their immune system at that age, you know, unless they're compromised by their environment. So like, I don't understand why no one's talking about it. You need to build up your immunity. You need to fix what's broken in your, your personal health and viruses are barely a problem. Okay. So the slippery slope is that they take your, the foods, they, they become just a few national conglomerates and they're deciding what goes in your food. They decide the level of pesticide. They decide all of that. The slippery slope we've already seen with government where government is completely non-functional. They pretend to have these divisions as if they're really battling out for the good of humanity, each side having their own perspective. And it's all a freaking game. It's all, we're just being played with a manipulation of a much broader agenda. It doesn't matter. You thought Obama was the, the president of change. Well, how much change did he do? How many wars did he get us into? How much of an impact did he do? Now, I'm not going to say, like, I'm an environmentalist at heart. I think poisoning our planet is part of the way we have to fix everything. Like, we have to take the poisons out of the system and stop using this excuse that profit is the most important thing because the shareholder is the most important thing on the planet. The planet is the most important thing because our future generations rely on it. And there's misinformation in, in global warming, maybe for another conversation as well. But yes, so that's a slippery slope. So the slippery slope is we're all on universal bank basic income. Those of us that are fortunate enough to maybe be in medicine, uh, you're going to have a secure job, right? If they're the, but you're going to have to follow their rules. You're going to have to give those vaccines, the, the, whatever they tell you, you're going to have to prescribe those medications or they will, you know, take you out of medicine. You're, you're going to be an in industry, but the slippery slope of industry, as you're seeing is AI is quickly taking over. Large corporations are laying off massive people because they have to for their shareholder, right? They have to do that for their shareholder, but they're going to replace them with robots. This is happening in the auto industry. This is happening in electronics and you're seeing all these other businesses die. And so robots are going to take over and you're not going to have a job to go back to. And, and, and the slippery slope is there's going to be very few jobs available for you, right? We have a planet that's growing in population and the number of jobs that is shrinking as we automate everything. And the excuse for automation is better profit. But that's, we're forgetting that the goal of the existence of the planet, and I guess with that, I can lean to the divine goal here as our last bit of conversation, is the goal on the planet is to have joyful experiences all around. 
And yes, it's true that the person working on the, on the assembly line can live a joyful life because their soul is feeding that desire to the ego mind of that person. And this is, again, my spiritual perspective. And so they're perfectly content. In fact, they can live a very joyful life without any of that. And a ton of people get lost and they think, oh my God, I need to get rich because getting rich is how you get that yacht or getting rich is how I live over in that neighborhood. And, and that clearly is going to make me happy, but it's never been more clear to me at the more and more people I get introduced to who have tremendous amounts of wealth, that they are some of the saddest, most unhappy people you're ever going to find. And there is a deeper explanation for that. Again, I've way gone over my time, so that's another conversation for another time. But here's what I would tell you. Consciousness is the origin of life. Consciousness is the God that you are all, we're all trying to figure out. This is this divine energetic force. It's not some old man sitting on a throne in the clouds. It is a energetic force of benevolence. However, you can't know good if you don't create bad. So part of the divine mission is experience. And if you realize that there is no good or bad, that those are just our definitions. Because can you really say, um, what's a great example of that? Like, we wouldn't know to think of light as being good. And I'm talking about daylight, maybe. And I don't know if that's the best example, because not everyone would say darkness is bad. But you don't know how to define goodness without the, its opposite. And so in order for us to appreciate the good and not just sit around in a blissful cloud of, no, of nothingness or, you know, I don't think anyone does that at any level of our experience. But yeah, maybe at the very highest levels, I hear rumors. But what you need is you need to have a dichotomy, a, a separation and a differentiation. And so I believe that it was part of the divine experience of the planet Earth to have the experience of these, this negative force of pedophiles and greed and gluttony and narcissism and hatred. All those things were needed so that we could know what community, love, and this recognition that we're all sharing in the same cloud of God consciousness is, to me, a really important part of this. So free will is on this planet, right? And, and we're, we're able to make the choices and, and we're getting drawn into these choices of narcissistic behavior and greed. And, and I've got to be more greedy in order to get to the top and individualism. And I have to be better than that person. Otherwise I couldn't live with myself knowing that I had to walk over those people to get to where I'm at. Unless in my ego mind, I define them as less than me. And that's where racism uh, became more powerful and we were judging everyone. So here's what my, my divine takeaway is. My divine takeaway is God's trying to expose all of that to you. And unfortunately, the way that most likely is going to be is it's going to have to break down society. You're going to have to have people who were normally pointing fingers at the people marching in the streets or the people who were normally saying they don't deserve a handout. They don't need any help. They can pull themselves up by their bootstraps. Well, when you break society down to a point where 50 to 60 to potentially 70% of the population is unemployed and you have a place like America where you don't even have universal health care access, 
and you have a disparity in income and what can be bought and you see that, wait a minute, you mean the only access to food I can afford from your give out of, of monies, your universal basic income, which is coming using digital dollars so they can manipulate, you know, electronically manipulate how money flows, which is obviously has to be massively controlled before we would ever consider a digital dollar. Digital dollar is not a big deal to me, but it's it obviously cannot be in the hands of the highest levels of corruption. So what they're trying to do is actually serving God's purpose, which is, in my view, to wake us up to the reality that we are a community, that we need to all be in it to help each other, that there's no man left behind, that everybody deserves the right to health care, that everyone deserves the right to adequate food access, that everyone deserves the right to joy and to living out their dream. And we shouldn't be restricted from going in the streets because we're not following some new government rules. It makes me very nervous when I see these militias going out because what they did and they studied the police department, they found that a lot of police, and I know some of you will be like, oh, I don't know if that's true. But no, they actually found police have a difficult time shooting fellow Americans. There's a fellow American, sort of that, that nationalistic or in, in, in pick your country, by the way. So they have to get these hired gun militias and the hired gun militias have a much more sociopathic mentality and they don't have a problem gunning people down and putting them in a box of, Oh, they're rebels, right? Oh my God. Re okay. Here's the slippery slope. You're going out without a mask. You're a bioterrorist because you may very well have COVID and you may be spreading it to everybody else. And so therefore you're a bioterrorist and we can throw you in jail. Oh, you're not following the mask guideline and uh, we track your phone. And like you see these other countries and like, we're like, oh, thank God it's not us. Well, it's not us yet. But the other countries are saying, oh, you uh, suspected of having COVID and your cell phone tells us you went outside your boundary zone allowable. So you are going to be arrested or fined or whatever the plan is. So they're essentially trying to get as many of us to a place where we're so depressed, where we're so deflated, where we're so weakened by the separation that we feel helplessness and hopelessness. And that is how you control the masses. And that's the goal. And the divine goal is for us to all get close to that place. I don't know how close we're going to get before answers are brought, but the answers are up to us. If you want to know why we keep electing politicians that don't seem to have the best interests of the planet and our, our people at heart, it's because there's too much greed, gluttony, and hatred in society and it's just it's a cycle that's going to continue until we shake it up. So I don't know if that's a sense of hope. I have a lot of hope for the future. I think this is a 10-year process. I think this plays out through 2030. I think that it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better. Better be prepared for what's coming when it comes to the joblessness and the homelessness. I mean, you know, Congress had the ability to fix this. And they're telling you, oh, we just can't agree. Well, that's a bunch of BS. They could agree. They chose not to agree because they want to break us down. They're going to break us down and then we're going to be all oh, so thankful for the pittance that you provide us. Thank you, sir. Thank you for the pittance. That is going to happen, folks. And I'm just waking you up to it. So I know this is about beauty and health and I uh, should stick to that mostly. I just am so passionately frustrated with 
the agenda playing out. I'm tired of hearing about the number of cases. Okay. We just opened some schools. Remember kids, very, very low risk. Remember people, there's no magic bullet at the end of the rainbow where the vaccine is saving the planet. Vaccines don't work. Vaccines don't work. They never have. There's no evidence that vaccines work. They use these examples that viruses go through our society and then they peter out as an example to tell you that, oh, the vaccine did that. It was timing. It was in the inoculation of the planet. It was herd immunity. That's actually how all of this works. And so it's getting back to the basics. I want water supplies that don't poison my microbiome. I want foods that don't poison my microbiome. I want all the suspected toxins of cancers to be removed from society until we can further analyze their health benefits. And I want truth at the highest levels of government who are making decisions that are tremendously impacting our lives. There is a goal to destroy the entire cultural landscape that we've known because this is literally the art of war kind of mentality where it's like how do you get society to comply you tear down every structure that they're familiar with that's essentially what's happening to us right now okay positive happy notes i like to end on a positive Positive, listen, we have a product at Osmosis called Immune Activator. It is a special type of oxygen called trioxalane. When you take it sublingually, it does increase this oxygen presence in your body. And I do believe it is what your natural killer cells and macrophages are utilizing to fight viruses. We've had a decade of success using this product and it is your prevention. It is your way to build up the oxygen component of your immunity. Exercise is the other one. Sun exposure is the other one, okay? Those things are important, but microbiome is the first, and that's where recovery, the osmosis recovery, and if you've got a lot of candida in your system throwing off your microbiome, there's a product called Skin Perfection that helps shrink candida, and there's another product called Skin Clarifier that pulls mucus out of your gut so that it helps restore balance to your gut. Um, those may all be choices for you. You can write me at drbenonosmosisbeauty.com for a question about your or your family's personal health and strategies for that. Um, but then you have this antiviral immune defense product that we make that is two doses. People that are suspected of COVID and or have been diagnosed with COVID have taken two doses, 12 hours apart, a dose is by weight. So if you weigh between 100 and 200 pounds, uh, like if you weigh, let's say 150 or less, you can take 1.5 bottles a dose, three bottles total. So it's 1.5. If you weigh 100, between 100 and 150, you take 1.5 bottles, which is most of you. 100, you take 1.5 bottles in the morning and 1.5 bottles 12 hours later. And then you have a 24-hour sort of die-off. Now, I have a whole host of protocols I'll be posting on the website for a variety of different other health conditions to try to help people get off some of these medications that are causing them to be at risk for that viral exposure. So we'll uh, be sharing that more publicly right now. It's a private sharing. So you can always reach out to one of our estheticians or practitioners. You can find them on our finder at osmosisbeauty.com. And they can help guide you in solving some really challenging problems. I mean, I can't tell you the protocols we have for some of the most challenging problems in health today uh, have me very excited that it is possible. It is possible to restore your health to a place where viruses don't matter and where you just pass this stuff passes through without a blink.
Remember, that is possible. Remember that these guys are not evolving and escaping our detection, but more viruses are being made. So we have to keep an eye out for that and really push our scientists to be totally honest. Like, why are all the doctors talking about, oh, well, the vaccine's getting close. Oh, the tests were positive. No one died. Well, so what if the vaccine's getting close? Talk about what you know about the effectiveness of the vaccine. And you're going to find that that is uh, quite a disappointing factor. So I will leave it at that. I promise to be more positive in the next episode. I just think these are things you need to know. These are, these are the, what, this is the way your brain needs to think. You need to become an intellectually curious person. You need to become self-empowered. You need to take your own health and your family's health into your own hands. You need to recognize that there are agendas playing out on the planet and you're not going to be able to stop them right away. So the real answer here is to recognize that everyone in the world are your fellow brethren that everyone who's suffering means a part of you is suffering and we need to pull the people up at the lowest rungs, especially right now, feed them, house them, clothe them and make sure they're well. Because if not, I mean, you could even make an argument from a more cold perspective and say, listen, if we don't get our sickest people healthy, then they're going to be the, the pot that they drop the next virus into to, to get the next pandemic rolling. And then we need to ask that question of what the hell's going on with virus, virus manipulation, who's in charge, and why the hell are they still in charge? <laughs> okay. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Ask Dr. Ben. Please leave a review if you can, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts to get access to all of my upcoming episodes. My website is osmosisbeauty.com and you can find me on Facebook at Osmosis Beauty. You can also follow me on Instagram at Osmosis underscore beauty. Thanks for listening.